I wonder if there are other investment banks that are doing the same thing that JP Morgan has been doing, which is their executives are using their personal devices to communicate with each other and with clients regarding business, which is prohibited activity, right? Unless those communications are being captured and monitored. That was Chip Jones from Global Relay. This is Tom Fox. I'd like to welcome you to this episode of the FCPA Compliance Report. In this episode, Chip and I review some of the most recent messaging compliance application enforcement actions and try to take you down the road of where all this might be going. Are you interested in the intersection of Sherlock Holmes and compliance? If so, check out my great new podcast series, Adventures in Compliance, where I go through each story. Back with me, Chip Jones. Chip, first of all, welcome, and thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me today. Tom, thanks so much for the invite. I appreciate it. Chip, I've long wanted to visit with you about the ongoing saga and series of enforcement actions around instant messaging compliance. And now we've had our dear friends and the compliance professionals ever loving Wells Fargo, who has given us years of things to talk about. And they recently had an enforcement action that we're going to get into a little bit. But before we start with what Wells got into trouble with, uh, could you tell us what your current role is? Sure, Tom. I work for Global Relay, and we're a leading e-communications archiving solution and compliance solution around the world, primarily for financial services for the financial services industry. But we're we're delving into other industries as well. We're the leader in that industry. I'm the executive vice president of uh, compliance uh, here at Global Relay, working with our clients on their needs and also monitoring changes in regulation to make sure that our products are keeping up to speed with any change in regulation that's going on. Chip, uh, could you give us a little background into the Wells Fargo enforcement action? What was the fine for and what's the brokerage unit at Wells? So, yeah, so let's talk about that. So Wells, I, I hate to pick on just one firm because they were actually at the same time in early August, there were 11 firms that were included in this latest round of settlements with the with the SEC. This all stems, it goes back to teen months or so ago when the first of these cases came out against JP Morgan. And the when the SEC during that investigation, I think a light bulb went off in their head and they said, wait a minute, I wonder if there are other investment banks that are doing the same thing that JP Morgan has been doing, which is their executives are using their personal devices to communicate with each other and with clients regarding business, which is prohibited activity, right? Unless those communications are being captured and monitored. So with respect to Wells, yes, they're the latest in what appears to be a long line of settlements uh, with the SEC and with others, the uh, the, the CFTC as, as well. But, and FINRA has also gotten into the game. All the regulators are, are, are getting into this game. It's basically low-hanging fruit at this point in time. It's become an SEC sweep 
A lot of firms are involved in this and receiving inquiries from the SEC regarding off-channel communications or business communications on their personal devices. The CFTC also was a part of this. Can you at least tell us what would be their role uh, in this enforcement Sure. So the the CFTC monitors and regulates derivatives, futures and swaps. Wells Fargo is registered with the CFTC because they're a swap dealer. The CFTC started regulating swap dealers after Dodd-Frank came out in 2010. With the the financial crisis in 2008-2009, Congress passed the the Dodd-Frank Act, which gave the CFTC authority to to regulate those uh, derivatives, including swaps dealers. So that's the reason that that Wells Fargo also had a settlement, not only with the SEC, but with the CFTC, has very similar, if not identical, requirements with with respect to the capture and supervision of all communications related to uh, business. So that's that's the reason that the CFTC is is involved in this, and in in particular with with this Wells Fargo case, the, uh, the SEC fined uh, Wells Fargo 125 million, while the CFTC fined them 75 million. So it's a substantial case, and and one that 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 Wells Fargo is, as well as many others are feeling the pain. That's we're talking serious money at this point in time. We're recording this in September 2023, and one year from the anniversary of the September 2022 billion-dollar month where the SEC levied these fines. So you're absolutely correct. These are significant uh, enforcement actions. What were the record-keeping requirements that you saw in the enforcement action that Wells Fargo actually violated, Chip? So, it, 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 Tom, it's, it, there, there are two things that, that the SEC basically pinpoints in their settlement orders. There are record-keeping requirements under 17A4. Any broker-dealer registered with the the Securities and Exchange Commission or registered with FINRA has to maintain copies and supervise all of their communications and their electronic communications. So that's one violation. So if you have a group of employees who are communicating with one another or with clients on their personal devices. And those communications, whether they be text message or WhatsApp or even personal email, are not being captured. They're not going through the financial institution's electronic record-keeping system to, to capture and be supervised. So they're outside of the communication. So there's two violations there. One, you're going around or you're not complying with your firm's requirements that they only communicate through platforms that are being captured and uh, being supervised. And two, if you're not doing that, then you're not keeping the records. So the records are, are non-existent because you, it's, you can't go back and, and, and recreate or capture those records because they weren't, they, the, the communications weren't done on a uh, device that allows for the capture of those communications. So those are the two violations that the, uh, that the SEC is looking at here when they start going after these firms. Chip, how long had this conduct been ongoing? 
And it's a very interesting question. Basically, what the SEC has done, and not only in the Wells Fargo case, but many of the others that it has settled, it looks like it's going back to about 2019. They go because they just they're just they set a pattern. They go, okay, yeah, this this activity has occurred at least from 2019 to whatever the time period is that they're looking at sometime in in uh, 2022. I think what we're all well aware of are these firms have been communicating on their personal devices for years. I think the pandemic only accelerated that just because everyone was dispersed. They weren't in the office any longer. And so they were looking for ways to communicate with one another. So I think what happened is during the pandemic, the, it helped to accelerate these communications on their personal devices. And, and then when the SEC discovered the J.P. Morgan issue and then decided to begin a sweep that led them to all the other cases, I think it just it, it became easy, as I said earlier, low-hanging fruit at this point in time for the SEC. Do you see the failure around the lack of policies and procedures, the lack of training, lack of tone from the top, or perhaps something else? It's a, little, it's a combination of all those, Tom. Basically, it's a difficult situation. There's no like magic bullet to, to solve this situation. What you need are, you need technology, similar to some of the offerings that Global Relay has in order to capture and supervise this activity. You need tone from the top, as you said, and, and education. In the past, the way firms dealt with this was it was basically a strict prohibition. Don't use your personal devices to communicate regarding business. And then the financial professionals on a periodic basis would have to sign an attestation saying, no, we're not using our personal devices to communicate uh, regarding business. And that's all well and good, but if, if you're a financial professional and a client texts you, especially during COVID, saying, hey, I, I want to buy thousand shares of Apple or whatever. It's difficult to ignore that. You can then place a phone call and take the order and stuff like that. But but by this time, this, the horse is already out of the barn because you've communicated and you're having a conversation with a client regarding business on an off-channel device. So with the SEC, I think, at least in my mind, in reading these settlement orders, what the SEC is saying is, listen, let's do let's put into place a number of things here. There are technological solutions that are now available that weren't available in the past. And the Global Relay app is, is one of those solutions that allows for these uh, financial professionals to communicate compliantly. In addition to that, so go out, look for technology that's out there that will allow your financial professionals to communicate compliantly too. Let's have some education programs around this. Let's make sure that the financial professionals understand the importance of this. And if that they're not using a device that is compliant, then they are violating the 34 Act under 17A4, like we talked about a, a little earlier. And then the tone from the top. This needs to come from the very top because as you've seen in some of the orders, the settlement orders from the SEC, they talk about senior executives who were involved in actually writing the written supervisory 
procedures that prohibited these communications, they were also violating them. So that, that sort of, I think, even took it a step further for the regulators because they're like, wait a minute, you're supposed to be the professionals. You wrote the WSPs that, that, that basically required that, that financial professionals don't use their personal devices, yet you as well were violating these WSPs. That's, that sort of gets back to the tone at the top and, and what the SEC is expecting at this point in time. Chip, Wells Fargo was required to hire what I'm going to call a compliance monitor. I think they called it an independent compliance consultant, or at least the SEC did. What do you see the role of the independent compliance consultant or compliance monitor in this enforcement action? So once again, Tom, it's not only this one, but the SEC requires this quite often, that that the firm hire an an independent compliance consultant to come in take a look at the policies and procedures, the written supervisory procedures that the firm had in place at the time the violation occurred, and then give an assessment of that. What, why, why did these violations occur? If the firm had WSPs in place, why weren't they followed? Or if they were followed, how did these violations occur? What the SEC is saying, we, we want you to bring in this independent compliance consultant because you wouldn't be in this situation if you at the firm had the ability to do this yourself. So we want you to bring in a fresh set of eyes, which is one of the SEC approved compliance consultants. If you look at the language that that's included in these settlement orders, it says you have to hire a independent compliance consultant that is not disapproved by the SEC. So you've got to run these individuals and the SEC has a list of consultants that they've used in the past that are their approved consultants. And they just want a fresh set of eyes that's going to come in, take a look at the situation and provide the firm or the respondent to the order a an assessment of why this happened, how it happened and how to prevent it going forward. Chip, we had a statement from the SEC Head of Enforcement, Gabir Gerwal, and I'm going to read it and then ask for your comment. And it said, quote, so here are three takeaways for those firms who haven't yet done so. Self-report, cooperate, and remediate. If you adopt that playbook, we'll have a better outcome than if you wait for us to come calling, end quote. How do you, maybe how would you counsel a client or potential client based on that statement? Or maybe what are some of the lessons you hear from that statement? So the, as we discussed a little earlier, the SEC basically started a sweep based on the JP Morgan case because they, and correctly so, had an inclination that this was occurring at other investment banks and broker dealers, investment advisors across the country. So they began a sweep and lo and behold, yes, they found numerous cases of this occurring. So the SEC is going to continue with the sweep, but what he's saying there is, oh, by the way, don't wait for us to come and hit you guys with the sweep. If you know that you're doing this or conducting your own internal investigation to determine if you have individuals who are communicating with off-channel devices, Conduct your own investigation. Come up with how broad you think the investigation is. Tell us about it. And then determine 
what you, the registered firm, should do in order to avoid this. And as with, as with any regulatory body, you get credit for cooperation. So if you go out, you make a determination yourself that, oh, by the way, there's been a violation of the securities laws. And in this particular case, 17A4, you come to the regulator and, and, uh, and, and say, so sorry, we realized we violated this section of the act. Here's what happened. Basically, here's how this is how large the breadbasket is with respect to this particular violation. And here's what we're going to do to remedy the situation to make sure that it's not happening in the future. And the SEC and FINRA and others, if you come forward, if a broker-dealer firm comes forward with this information so that they don't have to use their resources in order to go in and track this down, they're going to give you credit for being an, an honest player and in, in, in bringing forth these violations. Chip, let me move to the remediation prong of the three things that head of enforcement Gerwal told us. He said, self-report, cooperate, and remediate. See if I can maybe sum up what I thought I heard you say, which was have appropriate policies and procedures, train on those policies and procedures, use a technological solution to monitor uh, compliance with those policies and procedures, and then uh, improve, engage in continuous improvement as required, whether that be additional training, tweaking your policies and procedures, or uh, some other solution. Would that be a fair summary of steps that a compliance professional could at least begin to think through how to deal with this issue? Absolutely. And, and that's a great summary, Tom. And basically, as I said earlier, in the past, there, the technological solutions to capturing text or WhatsApp message it didn't exist. And, and it was difficult to do. And, and the regulators are well aware of this. They know that this is, that this is a, a difficult pattern to, to stop and to capture. And it comes, as I said, with many things. There's, there's a ed, huge educational component to this. But what, they're, what the SEC is now saying is technology has caught up. It now allows for these financial firms to provide their professionals who work for those firms with a tool that allows them to communicate compliantly. And as I said, that's that's what the, the Global Relay app does, is it allows them to go in and communicate with each other, with their clients. The Global Relay app captures those communications and then allows their, their compliance department to supervise that. That's Those are the types of things that the SEC wants to, let's move away with the strict prohibition and attestation. You can still have that, but what you can do is also provide a tool that allows those financial professionals to, if they need to use WhatsApp or communicate via text, then use a compliant tool that allows the firm to supervise that activity. Chip, unfortunately, we're near the end of our time for this episode, but before we leave, I wanted to ask you if our listeners wanted any more information on yourself, the topics we've touched on, or Global Relay, what might be the best place or places for them to go? Tom, the, the best place to go is globalrelay.com. You'll see our products there. And as I said, we're talking here about, we have a number of solutions that are out there. What we're talking about here with the off-channel communications is the, the Global Relay app. We, offer, we also have a, an iMessage solution. So we offer solutions both for bring your own device 
aspect firms that allow individuals to bring their own device or corporate devices. We've got all the bases covered there. Go to globalrelay.com and, and there you can find answers to your solutions. And also you can reach out and we'll be happy to set up a demo for you. Chip, I wanted to thank you again for taking the time to visit with me and I greatly hope we can continue this conversation. Tom, thanks so much. I always enjoy talking to you and, and uh, I appreciate the time. This is Tom Vox again. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the FCPA Compliance Report. If you've enjoyed this episode, I hope you'll subscribe, rate, and review wherever great podcasts are listened to. I'd like to tell you about two great new podcasts on the Compliance Podcast Network, Adventures in Compliance, where I look at the intersection of Sherlock Holmes, leadership, compliance, and business ethics. I'm doing all of the Sherlock Holmes stories as well as the novels. Another is report from ECI 2023, where I interviewed speakers, guests, and participants at ECI 2023. I know you'll enjoy both of these new podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.